went well. Yeah, man. Right here. Uh, first and foremost, I want to thank everybody that went out to the um, show at the Brea Improv yesterday, January 16th. Uh, we helped uh, raise money for Isaac Flaco Martinez. I am just leaving his rehab facility. So, uh, yeah, man. The eagle has landed. The check has been delivered. And thank you to all the comics uh, that donated their time. It's hilarious when a lot of comics do fundraisers and they still get uh, paid. They do charity work. They still get paid or they won't do it without getting paid. Man, screw all that. This is real benevolence here for the home. So, again, uh, thank you very much to all the comedians that showed up and uh, did time. Uh, very special thanks uh, to Lee Syatt, who came out and did 10 minutes from the Church of What's Happening Now. A uh, special thank you to uh, Johnny Roque, who's been a guest on the Yeah Man podcast. Guest on the What's Up Full podcast as well. Martin Rizzo, ladies and gentlemen. We didn't get a victim last night, but uh, <laughs> uh, I want to thank him and also uh, Alfred uh, Robles. And uh, to all you uh, people in the greater uh, Los Angeles area, he'll be uh, at the Staples Center January 26th opening up for uh, Fluffy. That's right, man. So, with that being said, uh, shout out to all the people that went and I met at the Chicago show, at the big theater, did two shows, opening up for Felipe. Toby Hicks was in the house, Rizzo was in the house. We had a fun time. And thank you to all the people that we met in New York at the PlayStation Theater. It was badass. Uh, Luis Guzman hosting Yo Papa uh, This is on my second time doing comedy So yeah he ripped it up It was cool It was really 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 cool man A star studded event you know Only the best for you guys <laughs> Yeah man And it was funny uh, Because we hung out with them that night We partied in New York Me and Toby Felipe and Rizzo stayed inside. Rizzo was a little under the weather, and Toby's like, come on, we only in New York this year. We should go out there and party. <laughs> so we partied with the Luis Guzman. And it was funny, we're all hanging out with them. He's all, yo, papa, I had good fun with you guys. I felt young again for the first time in a long time. So yeah, man, shout out to Luis Guzman, Bachanga from Carlitos Way. Oh yeah. And uh, we'll be at Coachella, California at the Spotlight 29 Casino, January 20th. That show, I believe, is sold out. Also, I'm trucking with Felipe out to Tucson, Arizona, to the Desert Diamond Casino at the Su Juarita location. And tickets are still available for that. And uh, you can get tickets by going to www.felipezworld.com forward slash tour. And uh, you can get tickets there. So, everything's cool, man. Just like always. Uh, just traveling a lot. Dude, I haven't fucking done past control in a while, so that's good. Not that it's bad, but just concentrating on the craft over here. Uh, we had a beautiful time at the Brave April last night. Again, thank you to everybody that showed up. And, uh, yeah, man. Fucking uh, doing good, man. Cannot complain. And that's what leads me to this thing here. Oh, yeah. So... I was going to put out a podcast on Sunday, but just, dude, we were just traveling. Like, I mean, we got to uh, Chicago on 
Thursday, went out to eat, passed out, woke up, mad press with the fool, had about an hour to ourselves, showered up, went to the venue, did the venue, two shows, 2.30, got to leave at 7.30, actually go to sleep at 3.30, wake up at 5.45, dude, up and running. And Toby's like, hey, why don't we just do a podcast? <laughs> I was like, here? Yeah. I was like, fuck it, dude. So we're at Terminal 7 at uh, John Fitzgerald Kennedy International in New York. And we sat down in the bar and did a podcast. I was a little blown myself. Me, you know, me took a little edible, so I was a bit slow. And uh, me, Martin Rizzo, and then uh, Frederick. So if you guys ever go to the bar... At JFK International, there's a bar in the 7th Terminal. There's a brother named Frederick, and he's the one that chimes in on the podcast. And, yeah, man. So we have a good, good conversation, dude. And uh, here it is. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you Omaha's finest, Mr. Toby Hicks. And one of East L.A.'s finest, Mr. Uh, Martin Rizzo. Oh, and Frederick. Yeah, man. Burden down. Down by the What? I thought I didn't think that was a fart in the club. I thought something was wrong. <laughs> like there's no way I could equate that to be a human fart. <laughs> I thought something happened in the short. I fucked that club up, my dog. What's up? I'm sorry. Can I just bug you for a cup to put this? We're recording a little podcast. You want a cup? Yeah, just to put it on the top. Like, like a plastic. Yeah. Hey, that club, that fart fucked up those motherfuckers in that club, huh? Hey, was that some of the stinkiest shit you ever heard? Recording a podcast at the bar? Yeah, yeah. man. The bar cast. How you doing? What, Thank what, you. what is it about? Man, it's my little podcast called Yeah Man Podcast. Yeah Man Podcast. Comedians, this is a Toby Hicks. This is Martin Rizzo right here. What's up? How y'all doing? How y'all doing? You, you not drinking anything? No, just a cup of water. Just some water? You, but you, all right, you, you ever seen, the, what's that podcast with, uh, with Nori? Nori? The rapper. Yeah. No, no, I ain't no. seen that one. Yeah, you gotta check that one out. It's but they good? always drinking though. They, they, oh, okay. They drink it and, and <laughs> we got one guy that's drinking. Okay, that's true, true. Hey, uh, hean, hey, but that fart was something else, huh, dog? Yeah, that's true. Out of this world, bro. No, man. I you mean, weren't it, even there, fool. No, I'm saying, bro, it Excuse like, me. it didn't smell. It, I oh. thought it, something was wrong in the club. <laughs> <laughs> like, I thought what? a pipe <laughs> bust or something. <laughs> I'm like, God damn. Hey, when those three people almost <laughs> gagged like, in the club. <laughs> like, dude, I should have literally yeah, seen fools right, gagging, dog. You're welcome. That was the worst shit of your life. That's the worst fart you ever smelled? Yeah, that had to be right there. <laughs> Even that dude, Roman S, was like, oh, somebody blew it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, dude. Roman S said that. Hell yeah, dude. So how was Chi-Town, big dog? Man, Chi was cold as ah, I'm still thawing out from Chi. I don't know how motherfuckers live there, man. That shit was unbelievable, huh? Yeah, I, I really don't know how, like, you just wake up and go, I'm just going to live in this shit. 
It's too. Dude, if the rent was free, I couldn't stay in yeah, that yeah, bitch. Exactly. But you got you paying to live in those. I couldn't stay if it was free. I would be like. Fuck. But you from Omaha though. Omaha ain't cold like Chicago. No? Though. No, Chicago is one of the coldest cities in the country. It is, huh? Chicago, Minneapolis, the motherfucker. Minneapolis, Minnesota. That's the coldest I ever been. Minneapolis. Minnesota. Chicago's right behind it. Dude, the coldest I've ever been, colder than Chicago, was uh, Denver. Really? Denver could get there. How old was that? Uh, probably about four years ago. It was, we were there with Chris Storen. Uh-huh. It was cold as fuck, though. Really? And I had that big ass coat on that I was gonna bring to Shy. Brutally cold. Damn. But other than that, I mean, shit, Shy, it's. It's. it's a, you gotta go there in the summer, though. I heard, that motherfucker. I heard that gets really hot out there. Uh, some guy told me that summer, because summer only lasts three months, that people actually take advantage of it. Barbecues every day and all that stuff. When you. Somebody when you, me, yeah, yeah, exactly. that's all you got to. It's more like I said, barbecues every day, like yeah. a Biggie song. Yeah, uh, you have to, bro. Only three months. We're spoiled in LA, dude. We get that shit all the time. You could barbecue in December. We could. Man, I'm gonna tell you like this, dude. I prefer the cold over the heat, dog. Really? No. Hell yeah. Not that man. cold, though. I, it was cold as fuck. I mean, you know when your little little ear freezes up, and you know, you know somebody can just get get up on there and kick it off. See if you. I felt like somebody was uh, kicking me in the back. It was so I couldn't walk. I was man, that shit's miserable. Yeah, it was. It was yeah. a little tough. I couldn't imagine being single in a cold spot like that. <laughs> you you'll settle when it's cold like that with anybody. Yeah, I'd have to give me a, a big bitch. <laughs> keep you gotta, warm. You gotta be like your cousin. Yeah, I give me a huge. Ah. Had to keep warm. Dude, I feel if I grew up out there, I would never ditch school. I would just go to school every day. No, either you would go or you wouldn't go. Yeah, it wouldn't true. be no in between. It wouldn't be like okay, now you gotta either go or stay at stay at home. Cause in LA, man, when you ditch school, you go to the park or you just walk around. You can't do that shit in Chicago. Thank you. you see the game yesterday? Which one? Oh, this one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Play the game. What it do for you, Toby? I heard your ass screaming from the hotel room. Man, that was one of the uh, craziest things I've ever seen, man. You, you had a bet going on? No, nah, I ain't bet on it, but uh, no, nah, it was just crazy. And then I, I, I feel bad for the guy from New Orleans. I hate when it's on one guy, like you know. Yeah, but uh, cornerbacks are are are, are, are trained to uh, forget the next play. It the wasn't no play. next play. Shit, yeah, that was the last. I'm saying, I'm talking about the cornerback who got beat. He was a real kid. Yeah. He, they was interviewing. He looked so sad, man. He was like. But he'll be fine. Next season, he's going to be fine. He'll learn from his mistake. Because you saw what he was trying to do. Yeah. What was he trying to do? He was protecting the sideline. He didn't want him to get out of bounds when he catches the ball. Because only 14 seconds left. And then he overplayed overplayed it. And then, you know. And dude went by him. He didn't even touch him, though. Yeah. He didn't touch him at all. He missed him all the way. And and then he got kind of clipped. But I think his own man after that. And then everybody blamed him. I mean, not blamed him, but he knew he he took the blame. It, it was his fault. Yeah. I mean, he didn't he didn't do it on purpose, but it was his fault. So he didn't hear it go. See, he tra- he went low, he trying to cut him, but he couldn't. He missed. Mama and I kind of hopped over. The Vikings came out shining on that. Now nah, this dude, uh, Diggs, gonna be a, he a legend. And he had never had to buy a drink in Minnesota the rest of his life. There you go. And they looking like, damn, how do how do he do that dumb shit? They contested it, right? 
What? The touchdown? Yeah. No, no it was it, it was, was, it was good. It was it was it was clean. No flag, no nothing. It was clean. He just he just he's playing the sideline because you don't want him to catch the ball and then step out of bounds. So he's playing like close to the sideline. But then he went down and my man kind of just went up. And, they practice that all the time. It's just that normally don't it never works. <laughs> oh boy, didn't even he couldn't even believe that he was uh, running here. Yeah, yeah, he's shocked. Heard that what, big? You need to charge? Yeah, let me, I know he. Uh, man, man, I wonder is he single? The one who caught the touchdown. If he's single, he had the baddest bitch last night. Probably, oh probably, my probably, god! Probably, probably whether he's single or not, he probably had the baddest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Diggs, man. He's you know, like, they, um, they say they like he's the, um, like, kind of like he, um, his favorite uh, wide receiver was Randy Moss. So, so he was like, glad to be in Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's like, like sometimes when he scored touchdowns, he'll do, uh, he'll do dances and tribute to, to Randy Moss and stuff. That's Randy where Randy Moss, Moss had his beast, best years man. over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Minnesota, yeah. It was by the time beast. the Raiders got him. He was older then. He yeah. was older and he kind of, he was tired because, you know, that year when he played with New England, he went to New England to get that Super Bowl. And they Science took it from him. Yeah, and they, uh. That's when Palacio Burris caught it, right? That's yes. when it, Plaxico well, Burris did catch the, the winning touchdown. You're completely right. But that is uh, t- uh, t- uh, d- David Tyree. That was a s- different Super Bowl yeah, when he stuck. That was, same that was one. Yeah, that was the same one? Yeah, same one. 2007. Yeah, I mean, I know when he did caught it on his helmet. I thought the, I thought him and Plaxico, I thought those, well, well, they won two Super Bowls. I thought each catch was in each Super Bowl. No, no. Plaxico Burris caught the, the, the winning Super the, the That play is the play before Plaxico Burris catches the touchdown for the, for the for Oh, the yeah, yeah. And that play right. kept the drive alive because um, uh, David Tyree, we were, well, I, I forget if it was third down or fourth. No, it wasn't fourth down. I think it was third down. But uh, he almost got sacked. Then he threw the ball. And see, everyone tried to say that Lucky and he caught it with his helmet. He didn't catch it with his helmet. He caught it and then he stuck, stuck it, it to it his on, helmet. Yeah, that was luck. You catch you know the ball saying? like he that. He caught the ball and then stuck it to his helmet. Because they don't call it when Antonio Brown does it, Luck. No. You know, he does. He, he sound like a Giants thing. fan. A huge Giants fan. He a giant Giants fan. How long have you been in New York? <laughs> My whole life. Are you was born and raised Born and raised in New York. I, I'm born like two miles from here. Two oh, you only live two miles from the airport? Yeah, yeah. That's the only reason I came here. So you've been in the same area, wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, my parents, my parents, uh, they uh, they got the property when uh, my my father's from Jamaica, my mother's from Cuba. Okay, okay. And um, when they uh, they they bought the property the year I was born, and uh, well, directly sold it, not here no more. But uh, I took over the property for them and everything. So same spot. Wow, that's remarkable. Same spot. I mean, I've been away, but I always. Hold it close to them, you know what I'm saying? And I never like, I mean, I, like I said, I've been away, but I never let my um, that's always been like my whole day, so yeah, yeah, you know, they say that's what's the trip like this. Most like 90% of the people are born and um, die within a five mile radius. Most people never leave wherever they came was, from, wherever yeah. that is. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, are you, are you gonna go back to Nebraska when you die? When I die, <laughs> I don't want to go back when I, yeah, I'm, I, I'm going to make a will. I'm going to say, hey, the moment I'm dead, shoot me, drive me back to Nebraska. Fuck Nebraska. Well, I ain't going back there to die. 
That's funny. Remember that homeboy last night? Uh, oh, my family gonna be dead. Hopefully, by Dwayne hopefully. said that. Uh, yeah, hopefully, but said Titus' uh, his dad wanted him to die in a, in a cardboard box. Right. Wanted to be buried in a cardboard okay. box. Like, where do you get that fucking weird ass story? He said he was a functioning alcoholic. Who? Uh, oh, his, his dad. dad. Yeah. yeah. That's funny. There's a lot of those. <laughs> my mother was a functioning crackhead. <laughs> Your mama's uh, from Nebraska, too? Yeah, I mean, well, she grew up there. I mean, she originally from Mississippi. Is that where your grandpa's yeah, yeah, from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both of them? Grandpa South. and grandma? My grandfather's from Alabama. My grandmother's from Mississippi. Yeah. So you met her out in Mississippi? Yeah. They had your mom, and then they crept up to... Uh... No, they crept up uh, up that way. Yeah, because my, uh, my grandmother's sister, she went first, and then she brought the whole family. That's how they did it back then. Yeah. And it said this is a It was like of, escaping slavery down there. A little so they exodus? They went north. Yeah, they went, hey, you got to get out of town. They went north. Yeah, my grandmother's sister. She went and paved the way for everybody to come. Really? She went to Nebraska and was cleaning white people's houses. Wow. And then it was like, y'all come on. It's better out here. So that's what you started doing for work? Mm-hmm. Single? Yeah, back then. My aunt that passed, my grandmother's older sister, she passed away at 104. She was uh, Nick Nolte. Remember the actor Nick Nolte? Yeah. Nick Nolte's from Omaha. She was she was his family's maid back in the, when he was a kid. Really? Yeah. Nick Nolte ever get some pussy from him? Yeah, my aunt was old back then. <laughs> I mean, she was already older. I mean, I mean, he was a child. Like, he was like five, six, seven years old. Is what I'm saying. She was cleaning her house and was taking care of him. Nick Nolte. He never woke up with some woods. You jerked him off real quick. Um, <laughs> that's funny. When did your uh, great aunt or aunt die? She died at 104. She died about seven years ago. Now. About eight years ago. Is wow. your grandmother the baby? My grandmother, no, she wasn't the youngest. My grandmother's the only one left out of nine kids. But my grandmother, no, my aunt was, uh, she had a younger sister. My aunt, she died in a car wreck when I was like, I was only like five years old. I remember it was, it was her and her husband died in a car wreck, right? And my aunt, she, they had 10 kids. So it was 10 kids left with no parents. Her and her husband both died. Her husband, he fell asleep at the wheel, they think. Like, that's what they think happened. And they died. And it, not only them, it was my aunt and my uncle, and they had their homegirl, homeboy with them. Another couple, they died also. All of them died in the car wreck. Sucks, man. And it was 10 kids left with no parents. And you, um, did you, did everybody, like, uh, what's it called, uh, take a couple kids? Some of them were uh, were grown, like, were adults, but then, yeah, and then everybody tried to take them in, like, they were gonna split them all up, but no, one one aunt took all the kids. Cause she didn't, you know, that way they wouldn't have to be split up. All the ones that were still underage. Right. Yeah, yeah and then I had a cousin, like, he was like uh, same age as me when I was a kid. And he was the only one, like, it was like two that went to uh, a, before, during the process of the, uh, of them going, the aunt being able to get custody of them, two of them had to go stay, like with the foster parents. And unfortunately, one of my cousins died. He drowned, like, with his foster parents. They went out on a boat one day, and here's literally what happened. They was on the boat, and the boat tipped over. Capsized? So, yeah. So the boat tipped over, and 
the father of that was, I mean, the, the family that was taking care of him, the father had to literally choose. Like he grabbed, like he had to choose which kids to grab. He grabbed this. He was able to save like a couple of the kids, but he wasn't able to save my cousin. It was like, but he saved his own kids, which you know, not like he did it on purpose, but it's just the way it worked out. Were they black or white? It was a black family, yeah. yeah. But he ended up, he saved his own. I mean, he saved blood is thicker than water. Yeah, but I mean, like I said, it wasn't like he did it on purpose, you know. It just happened like your that. cousin didn't know how to swim. Nah, and it's like they was out there with no life jackets, and he was only like seven years old, eight years old. Happening? Shut up! Like, I would ruin the whole fucking just. Damn, that sucks, dude. I can't imagine. Take that as an example. I don't know if you had children, but that's the first thing I did with my daughter. I made sure she went to the Y and learned how to swim. Yeah. So she can swim. Yeah, my kids can swim too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that's something that we don't do in our communities enough. Make sure that the kids can swim. Oh yeah, man, that shit is vital. I mean, in that case, yeah, black, especially yeah, black people. Are, yeah, where's that bullshit ass rumor or uh, stereotype where people say that black people can't swim? What's up with that shit? Um, this it's is just, true. It's just a, a lot. It, of... it depends outside of the country. It just depends on um like the environment because like my father was from Jamaica, so water they threw around. him in the water. And, yeah, and yeah. My father was fine. He could swim. But if you if you're born in a place where they was not. You know, a lot of water around you or whatever. Geographical limitations? Yeah, nine times out of ten, they're not going to really send you to the pool to learn to swim. So, yeah, they ain't like that. Let's get motherfuckers trying to eat. They ain't got time for swimming, man. Motherfuckers trying to figure out where the next meal coming from. And what was was up with Nebraska when you was a little kid? How was it growing up there? It was really cool back then, but now it's all messed up. I mean, back then, we had role models. We had people that were doing good. In the community, everybody looked out for everybody. I mean, like, if you were doing something that you weren't supposed to do, people would be like, yo, Toby, chill that out. Don't smoke that weed right here. Go around the corner. Do that shit somewhere else. But nowadays, it's bad there. Why is it bad, dog? Because of the gangs and what's crack hit there. Crack just, I mean, they're, they're still like devastated there's, from crack. There's still remnants right of that now. devastation. Oh, yeah, right now. It's from still the bad. 80s or when yeah, it's still bad right now. Because you got to realize, like, in Cali, when the crack hit, like, it didn't hit the rest of the country, say, for another few years after that. So, I mean, and like right now, all the kids that are, are, are they're, they're the, literally the kids of the crackhead, you know, the crackhead people. So, yeah. crime is bad. I mean, I used to be like, man, how can these kids act like that? But then as I go back home more, I just look and I'm like, they don't have any role models. They don't have nothing to look forward to. They don't have shit. It's horrible. So, I kind of understand. And it's, uh, I remember like when I left and went to Cali and came back, I was one of the first you know, first gang members, like, you know, first blood. So I went back, and in my neighborhood, it just happened to be, like, I mean, my neighborhood, where I grew up, became the blood neighborhood also. So it just... Were you blood? Yeah, yeah, I'm saying I was the one, I came to Cali and went back to Nebraska, and was one of the original people. Yeah. And I remember I went home one time, like, like my most of my people was called 16th and Victor Street. Yeah. Blood, and I remember I I was uh I was in Cali one time in San Diego when I lived, and I was watching the news whatever, and they were saying yeah the gang violence in Omaha, Nebraska is out of control, blah blah blah. 
and the most heralded gang, the most dangerous gang is the Sixteenth Street, Victor Street Bloods. And I was like, damn. Yeah. I fucking had no idea. Like I just went to and like and, and all the youngsters they took it to a whole nother level, you know. Like I couldn't So it's funny because a lot of times when I go through tough times and shit, like, you know, I just look at it like, well, you know, I'm kind of getting back some of the shit, you know, that I uh, that I put out there. I mean, I didn't mean for everybody to get strung out on drugs and gangbanging and shooting and killing, but I was one of the first people that introduced that shit back then. Yeah. So, it's tough. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Have cousins, have a cousin, have cousins are in the in the Bloods and Long Beach. I didn't know that Mexicans could join the Bloods. Well, they, I mean, they, yeah, they, they just need humans. <laughs> I remember, I remember uh, one time I went home and uh, I was driving one of my homeboy's cars, and I'm rolling down the street. I got a couple people, in, my boys in the car with me, and all of a sudden, um, all of a sudden. Uh, these people start following us, whatever, and then I and I look, I can look up in the mirror. I look up in the mirror and I see they pointing guns. So now they start shooting. So now I'm going down like a two-way street, and I'm fly, I'm going like literally like a hundred in and out of cars. My homeboy that was in the car, he said, "Man, that was the greatest exhibition of driving I ever seen." So these cats were shooting. Hard over here. And I was, and then I was, I was, uh, I was running. I mean, I was driving a hundred, going out street, in and out of cars, and finally. I turned into the projects. And these projects I turned in, they were called Vietnam. Because that's how many people were getting killed. We call I mean the Vietnam. So I turned in there because Vietnam was all bloods and these were crypts. And I knew they when we turned into the projects, they kept going. They wasn't coming in the projects. So then the same day I found out like uh, who it was. And what had happened was my boy whose car was driving, him and this guy had gotten some whatever. And so these people, I was so mad. I'll never forget this shit. I, that's when the starter coats was out. I had a big red Nebraska starter coat. And I had like three guns. And these people told me who it was. And they said, okay, it's these people up in Hilltop Projects. Those projects were the crib project. So I literally... I literally got in the car, got the gun, and I went up into the projects all by myself with a big red coat on in a crib neighborhood. I was about 20. So I go into the projects all by myself, and I literally get out this winter, and I'm fucking knocking on the doors. I'm looking for this guy because they tell me it was so-and-so, whatever his name was, and they're like, okay, he's from Hilltop. So I go up in the Hilltop Projects and I'm knocking on motherfuckers' doors and people are answering the doors and I'm pointing guns and I'm like, where is so-and-so? And motherfuckers didn't know what they like, shit, we don't know where. I literally went to like eight, ten doors just knocking on them and I didn't find the dude. So he ended up finding out that it was me. He thought he was shooting at my boy. He ended up finding out it was me and because I was the OG of the town, he hit me up, he called me, and he was like, yo, that was me, I apologize, blah, blah, blah. 
he called over the phone. He called over the phone and apologized. Yeah. Because he knew that I went up, and everybody was like, Toby crazy. Like, they couldn't believe that I went up there all by myself in the Crip neighborhood with a big red coat on and just all by myself. Nobody, they could not believe I did that shit. And to this day, like, that's a legendary tale in the town. Toby Hicks went up to the Crip neighborhood all by himself. I dropped the motherfuckers in the car with me off. I was so motherfucking mad, I was like, fuck this shit. I'm going up here and I'm looking for this motherfucker. I never found him. So you were a full-blown blood. Yeah, in yeah, 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 yeah. I was there. Where did that strain of blood come from? From LA? San Diego. So you brought it back with you? Yeah. So you're the one that brought it to Omaha? Yes. So you fucked up the town? You? Well, oh, it was blood-wise, but you know, it was Crips coming by then because like, you know, the drugs, like people knew. That was when drug sales start getting hard in Cali and that's when you knew like okay we gotta branch this shit out to different parts of the same country. thing but, that happens in SoCal yeah. they branch it out to, from LA to Lancaster LA to San Diego yeah. but they, this is when we was moving cross country though and, and shit that, like that just like I like I never forget Ice Cube song uh I always, this shit was so real, you know, when he was talking about the, uh... The way to St. Louis. Yeah, four gang bangers, professional crack, crack slangers. Slang. And I was like, that was us. We was professional crack slangers. I was like, damn. And you never got busted for any of that out there? Not out there, no, not... You not. got busted in San Diego, right? Yeah, I got, I mean, I got busted for selling in, in Cali. I never got busted for in selling in Nebraska, Nebraska or any other parts of the country. I never got busted like that, no. And what got you into that shit? Well, my I mean, cousin, you when said, I went to San Diego, I my cousin stopped. was selling crack when I got there. And I didn't even know, you know, I just knew that my cousin was like a year older than me. And... He didn't even have to be selling crack. Like his family was doing well. They, you know, uh, his parents. You know, he had everything set up for college. Everything. He didn't have to be doing anything wrong. But he got into the game, and I was like, I didn't know what he was doing, but I just knew he always had a bunch of money. So finally, one day, I walked into his room, like just walked in, and it was a hundred. It was like about a hundred thousand dollars cash on the bed. He had money all over the bed. He was counting money, whatever, getting it all together. And I was like, yo. And he was like, I was like, what do you get? He's like, don't worry about what I'm doing, blah, blah, blah. It ain't for you. And I'm young. I'm from Nebraska. I don't know what the fuck. I ain't never seen that much money in my life. How old was that for? He was a year older, a couple years older than me, like two years older. So he's like, don't worry about what I'm doing, blah, blah, blah. So finally, I'm working. I'm busting my ass. And I'm like, I'm going to him, I'm like, yo, man, what are you doing? I want to make money like that. And he's like, it's not for you. And so finally, I, I asked him a whole bunch of times, and finally he was like, okay, all right, I'm going to tell you what's up. So then he was like, how much money you got? I said, I have $25. And he's like, give me the $25. And I was like, well, let me give you 20 and keep five or something. You know, I'm going to be broke. He said, give me the $25. So I gave him the $25. He gave me two 20s and a 10 of, of crack. So he took me up to the spot, like, where everybody wears homeboys. It would be like 30 of us. It was so much money coming through that 30 of us could be out there selling. Yeah, and everybody making money. There was what no part of San Diego is this? Southeast San Diego, Skyline, Pyrus. So 
he pulls up and he opens it and I get out and he tells all his homeboys, he's like, yo, this is my relative, y'all make sure nothing happened to him. So I get out there and I got the fifty dollars of the shit. I sell that shit in like ten minutes. So that's when I had to I had to beep him. I beeped him, he come back up there, he took my fifty, gave me a hundred. I go back out, I sell that. I hit him again, he come back. By the end of the day, I was up to seven grams, and at that point, I had started with $25. I was hooked in. I was hooked just like the people using it, because when you get money like that all the first day, I went from $25 to seven grams, which was equivalent to 150, spending 150. So the paper was the attraction? Yeah. You wanted a ball? Yeah, I mean, the paper, I mean, yeah, that's the attraction. Back then, I mean, like I say, it was, uh, the money, uh, making the money is addictive is using the cocaine. Like, even to this day, after all this time, anytime I go through any financial shit, anytime I think about anything, I go, man, I could get some cocaine, bro. Because, like, right now, I could, I still got people in the game, like, who really, like, was able to survive, were able to do certain things, open up businesses, still doing shit. I could fucking make some calls and I could have a kilo of cocaine within a couple of days, like, right now, still. So that shit still, it lingers in your mind and you know, and you think when shit ain't right, like fuck, I'll just go back to that. But you know, that's no way, you can't go back to that. But uh, it was a hell of a life, I mean, man, shit. You never fucked with it? You never smoked it? Nah, only thing we ever did, like we used to like, we, we snored a little, we put a little on our gum to make sure the shit was cool. Every once in a while back then, like I had put it in a joint or whatever, but that was it. Cause I knew, luckily, that's the only thing that said, I mean, when I got to California, it was already people on crack. Yeah. So I was asking my brother, I ain't never seen this motherfuckers walking around looking crazy and dirty and all that Zombied shit. Out. And I was like, yo, what the fuck is wrong with you? And my relative was like, they crackheads. I'm like, what do you mean crackhead? I didn't even know what the shit yeah. was. Yeah, and that's how, you know, it started. And how, how old were you then? 18? Yeah. Mm-hmm. When did you get to comedy? How, when did I get into it? Yeah, how did you get into it? How did you, were you like walking around with a gun and like open mic and then... I know we were talking about it yesterday. No, no, actually... Last night. My mom and, and a friend of mine. My mom was one of them, like, when Def Comedy Jam was out, my mother would, like, she told me multiple... She was like, Toby, you as funny as these people I see on TV. You should try that. She said, you funny too. Yeah. And she, I mean, and, and that's coming from somebody in Nebraska who don't know nothing about entertainment. entertainment yeah. Nothing. She had no idea. She was just... Stating what she felt, uh-huh. and one of my homeboys, who I was hustling with, he always said that he was like, "Man, you funny, man. You should do comedy, man." Yeah. And it took me a year, like a couple, maybe about a year, to get up enough courage. And see, when I was hustling back then, I knew a club owner, right? So I went to him, and I told him I made it seem like I had been doing comedy before. Yeah. And I told him, hey, you want to do a show or whatever. And i never forget my first show, man. The very first show I ever did, it was like 500 people. Really? I was so scared. I was so nervous the day of the show. I wanted to cancel it. Because like I said, now mind you, this club owner, he thought I had been doing comedy, whatever. And I wanted to cancel whatever, but it, I couldn't. It was well, too well, many this people. This was in uh, San Diego. San Diego. Smokey's Nightclub. Never forget it. Uh, what up, so, Smoke? Yeah, Smokey live in Vegas now. It's funny because I performed in Vegas like five, six years ago, and Smokey just showed up at the show. I hadn't seen him in years. Like, because he moved from, 
he sold his club and moved to Vegas. And he showed up at the show and he was just telling me how proud of me he was, yeah. blah, 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 that I kept going like he can't even believe this What's shit. What's up, relative? But I, um, I, uh, I went to the show. I mean, I was, I was so scared. And all these people were coming. I, I wanted to cancel, whatever. And I never will forget. Uh, somehow, what really got me going, I went out there and I started doing my thing. And it was a lady sitting in the front row. And she had a, I never forget, she had a long weed. And somehow, uh, I said something about her hair. And she was like, motherfucker, this a trend. Her weed, she told me it was a trend. Uh-huh. And I never forget this as long as I live. I said, bitch, the way your hair looks, it should be the end. <laughs> and the whole 500 people fell out laughing. Yeah. And that was it. I knew I was hooked in. I was like, oh, shit, this is what I, you know. Yeah. You didn't have a little set list or nothing? Yeah, that's what's crazy. I was very organized in. I had everything written <laughs> Notebooks out. and shit. I had my shit all written out. And I didn't even, I had no training. <laughs> Nobody told me. Like, you know, write your shit out and yeah. do it like this. Yeah, you kind of knew. You had like a, <coughs> a intuition. Like, mm-hmm. oh, maybe this. And I had all my shit written. And then I, no, I even, I had it all typed out and everything. I had all my shit typed out. So you had a word processor. Paper. Yeah. I had everything I printed out on the paper. Everything I was trying to say. And, and I got that laugh when I, you know, and, and that was it. Damn, dude. It's crazy. I uh, What was that? No, I'm saying uh, It's like Even to this day Like, you know I'm known as Like One of the original Gangsters ever In Nebraska Like, yeah. ever I'm considered like The first blood Ever Yeah Like, yeah. right now When I go home right now People There's still people like like, you know, still look at look up to me. I remember I went to my old block like maybe five years ago and the youngsters out there, they banging, they doing their thing. It's still, I it's pull still up happening. Yeah, oh yeah, it's still cracked. I, I I roll up on the block and I park the car and I get out and the youngsters they don't know who the fuck I am. They like, who is this motherfucker rolling up on the block? You know, cause they they young, they don't know. Yeah. You know? And so I get out the car or whatever and I'm walking and all the OGs start, people start coming out the house. I'm talking about parents of the kids, you know, that group. They start coming out, and everybody starts screaming, like, you know, like they seen Prince, like Toby, blah, blah, blah. And the youngster's like, who is this motherfucker? Yeah. And they's like, and, and they and they introduced me to the youngsters, and they're like, this is the motherfucker who started this shit. If it wasn't for him, you wouldn't be here. And they're like, fuck, they couldn't believe this shit, you know. They don't hand you bottles, they don't give you a daughter for the night. And then that, and then that love, yeah, yeah, after that, and then that love, you know, everything, you know, everything's always taken care of. Like, I can go home, I can go home right now. I can't wait till I go to Omaha. I can go home right now. <laughs> You've been saying that. Every motherfucker I say, you know Toby Hanks, you know I can go to Omaha. I mean, I can go home right now, and I don't never. I never have to spend no money when I go home ever. Everybody takes care of everything. Do you see any of your like uh, peers from back then still doing the same thing, or even older people? 
Fortunately, most of the people that was using, like a lot of them were cleaned up. Well, some of them still on it, because I got a homeboy I grew up with, and he, he never, he never cleaned, cleaned up. up. He never he cleaned up. that phase. Yeah, yeah, and it, you know, he never cleaned up. Because I mean, some people have a phase, and then sometimes it just becomes a lifestyle. Yeah. My homeboy I'm talking about. Because you just went back for your grandfather's funeral, right? Yeah. And my homeboy I'm talking about, uh, we grew up with each other for five years old across the street. And he he got addicted, like, when the shit hit Nebraska, and he never has been able to stop. And his son was 16 years old, and he killed a guy and got 100 years. Now he's like 22, so he's already did like six years. This happened about six years ago. And he, uh, what happened was him and his him and his homeboy, they uh, ordered a pizza, and they had the pizza delivery guy came. They ordered it to a vacant apartment in the same complex they live. So the pizza man comes to deliver the pizza. They inside the vacant apartment, and they stab him. My, my my homeboy's yeah. son stabs him and kills him. And but just... the part of it is that the the thing that is so devastating about that is that they gave him a hundred years, which I, you know, if you kill someone, I mean, I understand the gentleman who was killed, his family, whatever. But when somebody's underage, I don't think you should give him that much time. Try him as an adult. Yeah. And ruin his life. But yeah, but because right now, he, right, as of right now, his first parole date is like. 2065. His whole family will be dead. His yeah. mom, dad. Only hope he has is that his younger sister and brother will be alive. But Damn. the thing that was so painful about that is that that was my boy's son. And yeah. I knew that kid. I watched him grow. I mean, I knew him his whole life. And he was a good kid. And what happened was his father was on crack. His mother was running around just sleeping with any man she could find. So he had no guidance. So that's yeah. why he did what he did. He was not a bad kid. He was a good kid. Yeah. But he, his parents neglected him. There's no chance. He, yeah. His parents, it, you know. And he ended up like, my homeboy ended up going, like, he's in and out of jail. And my, his father, but he only do like crackheads, shit, stealing, whatever, that's petty theft. Like, yeah, nothing ever seen. But so, they was literally they literally been in prison at the same time. Oh wow. So but the thing about it is that he knew he was can you imagine being in prison with and with your son? Oh, yes, and you know that okay, say for instance, you got a year and you're going home and your son ain't never coming home. I can't even picture being in prison like that with my son, knowing he got life, basically. Hundred years. That's like some mental imprisonment, though. Yeah. And even know, yeah, you know. But it's his fault because he used to drag him. He used to drag his son around, keep him out all night in crack houses, all types of crazy shit. Yeah, and he'd have his kid with him while he was using the drug. You know that drug man? You know what the you're a zombie man. My cousin, he's been addicted to uh, meth for since 2004. Still? Still, dude. He comes in and out, you know. Right, right, um, right. When you're not, dude. See the thing, like, I, I can talk shit about him be on drugs and you know neglecting his family. Yeah, of course. But like, it's like I don't know what that drug is like. I don't know how powerful. No, no, no. You know? Yeah, that should captivate you. I've never done it. I'm from Riverside. Yeah, I know a lot of fools that be lost to it. I have a friend who was on that shit undercover for 20 years. I didn't know when I was selling dope, right? I didn't know my mother was using. Like I didn't know. But at this time I started going back to Nebraska and taking dope back there. So one time 
I'm back there, and I'm, you know, I'm coming in and out of town. And I'm staying at my, I'm staying at my mom's house, and I got dope there. I got guns. I got all kind of shit, money, whatever. And so I started noticing my dope was coming, like it was getting shorter. Like, because what it was is like, what I would do is like. I'd be cutting up like kilos or whatever and bags and shit, whatever. And I'd have a tray of just crumbs and shit, yeah. whatever, whatever. You know, like I would uh shake. Yeah, I would just get yeah, basically shake. I would get them to the to the smoker. I would use that shit for anything I needed. Currency basically. And so I would put the tray I put the tray underneath my bed up in my room where at my mom's house. It was just me and her there. And her and her uh, her husband. And I started noticing this shit would be coming up shorter. Like, the, I'm like, what's yeah, taking my crumbs? I'm like, did you think these just crumbs, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, I didn't think that, but I just, roaches. I just was like, I, I really wasn't tripping at first. I'm trying to think of, oh, I, w- I was really trying to think of like how I actually find out, found out, but what happened was I came home one time and my stepfather, he was, I guess he was smoking the bathroom. Anyway, when he came out, he was looking crazy. And that's when I, it dawned on me that something ain't right. And I was like, what's happening to my shit? You know, like, and it's just, like I say, it's just the crumb part. Right, right, right. And I'm like, this shit is disappearing. And then finally they told me that they was using it, both of them, my mom and my stepfather. And I was like, damn. Who else could it have been, though? But you just didn't want well, to believe it. Yeah, and then, you know, I, I didn't even, I thought maybe I'm tripping, like, like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. maybe I didn't have as much shit there as I thought I did. You know, that's what I started. I kept, because nobody wants to sit up and go, well, let me blame my mom. Right, right, started fucking tripping. It ain't like I had brothers and sisters or somebody around that could take it. Nobody, who the fuck, how the fuck, I'm just going to sit up and go, let me just blame my mom. You stealing from me, mama. But they ended up admitting it. Yeah, they was like, yeah, we was. We Thank was, you. We been <laughs> smoking your shit. I remember one time, I don't even know how they found out, but like I was so wild or whatever. Like I had, I had shipped in like artillery from California. So I had all this, <laughs> I had all these guns and shit. Damn. We got an armory over here. I had put them underneath my mother's like, uh, it was like a wooden porch. Like, you know, that you could put, under, you know, like a wooden patio type deal. A deck. Yeah, a deck, basically. That's, that's it. And so I put the, the guns, I had the guns here then underneath the deck. So if anything ever went down, yeah, the shit was right there. So one time, I don't know how somebody, I think like one of the neighbors seen me out there fucking with the gun, put the gun on me, whatever. So somebody called the police. So I'm upstairs in the hot, upstairs in the crib, and the police is out there. They're they're looking underneath the deck, like they're looking around. They know it's good, like somebody didn't inform them. And I just all I could hear was my mother. My mother was OG though, like she wasn't gonna let shit. You know, she was street. So my mother was like, I heard her saying, "What the fuck y'all doing in my house?" Blah 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 blah. And I come downstairs, it's the police. So they was looking for the gun. So basically, she got rid of them. They didn't find anything. They didn't even have a warrant. That's how yeah. they were just being. They were just gonna do some shit. Like if we find some fuck, we just gonna do it like this. Map versus Ohio. Yeah. So, but uh, it was a trip because I mean, like, 
after all the dope I sold, like to this day, like, like nobody's, like I, I wonder, like to myself, like there's a chance that I was bringing in dope and, and, and dispersing it to people that were dispersing it to my mother. Oh yeah. And I you, had no idea. You affected so your I'm own saying, household. Yeah, nobody ever came up to me and said, I sold your mother dope or shit, you know. And she's like, I, I always wondered, like, who was the motherfucker that sold my mother dope? And I know they was like, that's Toby's mother. I mean, it's like, the, you know, just the thought of it. Like, you know, and then now even, I don't know for sure, but sometimes I, su- I suspect that she's still fucking with this shit. Like, I think now she's gotten to the point where, She's just like, oh well, I'm older. Whatever happens, happens. Speed and cocaine, or anything like crack, those are drugs. If you can like function with it, you always be dabbling with it. You know, you always. My mother always kept her job. I mean, she was she. I mean, my people like to get high. My mother retired from Union Pacific. I mean, she had a good job. I mean, she was like, she worked there for thirty years, and I would have to say. The last 10 years, she worked there on cocaine. The last, before she retired. So it's like, I know they had to know at work. I know her co-workers, people that was close to her. I know they had to see the transition. They had to know. But they loved her so much at work or whatever. They let her go ahead and do the shit until they like, you know, until she like. Because it was a situation where like. I think they they forced her into retirement because if she would have worked like say another few more years she would have been able to get way more money than she gets. Yeah. But if she would have waited a few more years she might have fucking got busted and lost everything. Right. Right. So like her bosses and shit I think they kind of got her out like they like get in time rushed her into retirement before she lost all of her benefits and shit and fucked herself off. Right. And to this day like. My me and my mother, we don't have the greatest relationship because she, because she can't, she feels guilty about the shit she did, you know, in my life. Because my mother, I never like, I was raised with my grandparents, and my mother, she never. Uh, one thing about my mother, she always had a good job. She always had money. I was spoiled. I would have anything. She would buy me anything I want. She would, she would come over to my grandparents' house with a car full of toys. Take the. Get the toys, drop them off, and take off. And wouldn't spend no time with me. Yeah. She would buy me anything I want, but she spent no time. What was she doing? She was running. Now I real. Now that I'm a grown man, what I realize is that she was running around with a bunch of no good bitches. And my mother was always a, the, the lady who had a good job, who had a new car. My mother always had a new car. So these people like, were just leeching off of her. And she, you know, she was She's so the one cool. That kept the party going. Yeah, the income. Yeah, she was the one that always... popping bottles. Yeah. yeah, yeah, fucking up her suspension. Yeah. And what up with your dad, dog? You don't have a relationship with him whatsoever. Well, no. See, that's why. That's what I was getting to about me and my mother's relationship because I never met my dad, and the guilt that she carried by me never having a father affected our relationship. Cause she, she still, I know her conscience bothers her that I was left like that. I used to, I remember when I was a kid, my mother would like, at least, at least a, over a hundred times in my life, my mother would tell me she was coming to get me, we're going somewhere, whatever. You know how kids, most kids got stories about their dad neglecting them. I got stories about my mom neglecting My mother would tell me, coming to get you we're gonna go wherever hang out and she wouldn't show up i remember i used to sit 
in front of my grandmother's house like every weekend, bro, waiting for my mother, sitting on the curb. And I would that sit out there all day. And I would sit there. And I remember my grandmother would come out like when it starts to get dark. And she'd be like, baby, come on in. Don't look like your mother going to make it. And I would start crying. I was like, yo, no, she's coming. She's coming. And she never showed up. So I remember one time my mother came over, right? She came to grandma's house. And she walked in. And I never forget, grandma was like, yo, come. And my gra- when my mother walked through the door, my grandmother grabbed her by her throat and forced her into the bedroom, right? And shut the door. And I could always, and I hear my grandmother saying, why you keep, why you do this boy like that? You have him sitting there waiting on him, waiting on you. You don't call, you don't say nothing. She wouldn't say shit. She wouldn't say, I ain't coming. I got a flat. I can't make no it. No show. No, no call, no show. And I'm just sitting there waiting on my mom now. Can you, I mean, like How I old were you, fool? I was like five years old. Little dog. And I was devastated. 22. No, she did this shit for years. I'm saying she yeah. did it at least a hundred times yeah. in my life. She left me waiting for her. Her thinking it was not going to affect you, you know? Because you're all, he's, a lot of people think because they're kids, it's not going to, they're not going to remember. It's not going to love, no. And she was, uh, and she was just doing her thing. And it was mostly because she was running with no good bitches. What's your earliest memory go back to? Your very first, so you can... Of my mom or what? Period, of the human being. My very first memory... Uh, was one of my first memories that's remarkable is, is my cousin that we met in Chicago. Right. Was his father. My uncle. My, his father, my grandmother's brother. I remember when I was a little kid, he took us, before he passed away, I was maybe like three years, four years old. He took me to see The Godfather. Shut up, fool. Yes. The original one? Yes. They're animals anyway, so let them lose their soul. And I remember that shit as a kid. Really? Yeah. You must have, how old were you then? Four? And then also, like I said, also I remember my, my grandmother's sister, my aunt, who passed, who died in the car wreck and her husband. Because this back then, like nowadays, you know, with technology and shit, but back then, the damage of the car wreck, I'll never forget. I was like four years old, and I remember this, like walking up to the castle. And I remember back then, my aunt, in the car wreck, her arm got cut off, all types of crazy shit. And they had her on. They had this shit just laying in the casket. So here I am, a little kid. I look up there, like a baseball bat. Yeah, it was just laying there. They didn't try to connect it. They had it in a plastic bag. That's nasty. I don't know what. (laughs) I'm good, brother. They didn't try like. Wait, I'm gonna sign. Let me get one more. Yeah. Since that draft is like, it's hot. Yeah, it's not the, the cold. Yeah, so give me so the car. I'll wait until yeah, 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 you want to run a Yeah, give me the call. Yeah, we bored at 10.50, so you got about 40 minutes. Yeah, I got 35. What do you like? You like IPAs? Yeah, you got to be good. Yeah, this shit was hot as hell. I thought it was like, man, I'm drinking beer coffee. Hey, you on that European temperature. <laughs> <laughs> Broken machine temperature and oh, um, this uh, this uh, you ready for it now or you want to wait? I'll put I'll it on yeah, some ice, yeah, I'll put it on some ice, it'll be yeah. nice and real cool. Yeah, thanks. I'm gonna slam this. Does yeah, he even try to 
big put it on the arm? Nah, but that was like when we're talking the 70s, though. Yeah. Like now they would do the shit a lot different. It wouldn't be like that. Presentable. Why not just tuck that shit <laughs> in a, shirt, in a sleeve? I couldn't believe it, yeah, man. Dude. That's, uh, that's like scar, dude. But I mean, you know what, though, man? Like, I mean, no matter. At least they buried it together. You know what? I, I tell, <laughs> I've told people, like, this is, this is the truth, man. No matter what happens the rest of my life, no matter how it goes, good, bad, whatever, I've had a great life. And what I mean by that, I've, I've, I've slept with the, the baddest bitches. I've smoked the best weed. I've smoked the best weed. I've drank the, the best drink. I've traveled all over the world. I mean, no matter what happens, I mean, even during tough times, I have to be fortunate. Like, People haven't had the life I have. I've been, I've been in the spotlight my whole life. Like from when I was young, it was because my family was my family is known as the greatest wrestling family in the history. <laughs> wrestling. Yeah, in the history of Nebraska. You gonna put it, put this podcast in a headlock? Yeah. You guys are wrestling. Wait, I got a picture. Like my grandfather's funeral, I got a picture of my uncle, sixty years old. Wait till I show you. He took his shirt off. Wait till I show you my uncle. They're like wrestlers. Yes, yes, wrestling. Yeah. My family is known as the greatest wrestling family. All of I I got like four uncles. They were all state champ in the state of Nebraska ever. They were state champions. One, my uncle. How many brothers? Four. There's like. Yeah, four that wrestling. You got four. And so one of my uncles was uh All State champs and shit. All state champs. One of my all Americans in, in college. One wow. of my uncles was on the Olympic he made it to the Olympic team that didn't get to go to the Olympics nineteen eighty. And by eighty four he was too old. But so that's how fucked Consider up. Consider old, but that's not even now. It probably was like what? Well, in wrestling, he was too old. He's still an Olympian, though. Yeah, he's an Olympian, but they they didn't get to go. That's when America boycotted the Olympics. Right, right. And then you have that. Uh, who's the uncle that was uh, or grandpa? So then, the so then I went from so then I went from wrestling to me hooping to selling dope. To comedy, so my whole life I've been in the limelight. So like, been a little star. Anything with the comedy, comedy wise, you know, any success I've had or whatever, that shit don't mean nothing because I've always lived. That's why, like, some comedians now. That's why people get out of control. They have a little success, but for some, a lot of comedians, it's their first time. So that's why they don't know how to treat people. They act weird. They, you know, they they got the heads get big because they don't, you know, because they don't realize. What makes me laugh right now because you know, like when a comedian gets famous everybody's on their dick he's the quotable dude or whatever he's doing this he's doing that he's in this movie but you know homeboy got called up with that uh sexual misconduct right or aziz aziz and snari yeah it just funny. happened huh and all these fools are talking about how much of a dick that fool was how much of somebody an asshole. tweeted hold on look somebody tweeted since aziz got caught up can we really tell the truth about how his whole act and show sucks now? Right, right, and right. And I was like, whoa. Now they're coming out bold. But see what it takes for motherfuckers to speak the truth? And um, that shit happens, though, with motherfuckers that, like, blow up in a little scene. And not later in life, but, you know, that's their only first, like, being in the limelight. Mm-hmm. The little taste of success where people are just going, oh, you a bad motherfucker. Damn, dog. And see, I know, like, right now... I'm going to release this on the Yeah Man podcast. Right now, like, what I'm working on is that I know I have to write the book. Like, God told me, like, 
Because, you know, after years of, of trying to make in this comedy business, I'm figuring out, like, okay, what can I do? I have to do something to get out there. And now I know it's the book. And, like, this, I've had spiritual guidance even to where the title of the book. The I don't book. even know anything about publishing or writing or even writing a book, whether it's nonfiction or a novel. But I'm going to tell you like this, dog. It's probably just like a movie. No, it is. No, yeah. you got to write a treatment. And if you get... If the story's unique yeah. enough, which I believe I even it is. I came up with the t- there's, there's, My shit, there's no way. people. I know people will listen to it. And then from the book, I'm going to translate into the hour of comedy, whatever. But I already, come up with, I already came up with the name. That's your next step right there? Yeah, that's it. That's that's what I got to do. Yeah, you have, If I don't do it, it's on me. To define I can't blame you, yeah. nobody. I right. can't go, damn, why my career ain't this? And, and the title of the book is going to be, If I Sold You Crap, I Paid For It. And then that way I'll disperse all the things that have happened to me in my life. Losing everything. You know, I've been rich, poor. I mean, I've been rich a couple times. You never grabbed a big chunk of money and just stashed it for when shit got bad? I tried that, but shit. When you get, when the feds come, the stash is gone. <laughs> shit, they taking everything. They getting everybody's shit. They getting your mama's shit, your grand. I mean, you know, they trying to get everybody's shit. God damn. Well, Toby, thank you very much for uh, doing it. I know we've been trying to do it for a while, but we're doing it right here in the airport, dog. We had a good time in, last NYC, night. NYC, man. In New York yeah, City. Yeah, yeah. That shit was funny, dude, drinking the little know, beers. Uh, What's up? We always have a good time. We ain't never had a good time. It's like... Uh, Break it up. Yeah. I mean... Who do you got on the... Felipe, you guys are... You guys are class acts all the way around. Yeah, man. Uh, you're a cool motherfucker, too. I mean, I shit, love that's you guys why you're like family. Because you intrigued that fool back in the day, and I remember that's. He used to be. He wouldn't play the comedy part or not. He ain't dissing or nothing, but he would uh, play your DVD, Still Hungry. He would play where, where you're going back home. He would always play that. He's like, look at this fool, dog. Like, uh, that was, like, really cool. Like, he yeah, that like, was. Down, I mean, I was like. Shit. What's up with that DVD? You self-produced that? Yeah, I did everything. Where, where was that shot at? Maybe, uh, a special, in Omaha. Special? Yeah, shot it in Omaha. Like, oh, friends okay. of mine, they shot it with low-budget cameras, whatever. Uh-huh. Fucking, even, uh, and you know what's funny? I, I, I was crazy about that. Even Tom, back then, Tom Segura, okay. I think he gave me, he gave me 50 bucks. Like, he heard what I was doing, like, how I was creating this project on my own, and Tom was new to the game. He had just started doing comedy, we had met or whatever, and he gave me 50 bucks. He was like, here, man, put this towards your shooting your DVD. And I'll never forget that shit. That's awesome, dude. That's the motherfucker that I think wrote that tweet about Aziz, right? No, Owen, I mean, I feel a lot of people have yeah, now. Yeah. Owen, it was, Owen was like, I told you guys. Owen Benjamin. Really? I mean, you can tell his attitude too. You know, he's probably all like, like, does he cut? I mean, you know, I, I got respect. I mean, I respect anybody that makes and able to make a living. But you know, I've been on shows with Aziz, and you know, I just, I mean, I never, me personally, I never enjoyed this comedy. It's no knocking. I mean, people don't, you know, people, right. nobody enjoys everybody. I mean, I just, I've seen yeah. him die. I've seen him die a horrible death one night. He tried to do Monday night at the Improv. Black night. Yeah. Melrose. He died a Spike horrible show. death. Yeah, Spike. He died a horrible death. 
Hey, fool, what do you think's up with this uh, sexual allegation bullshit? Because, I mean, you see, you know, motherfuckers just ask a chick if you can jerk off in front of him, in front of him he gets busted for that. Because I know, motherfucker, we were talking about this shit last night about no comedians that are crazy as fuck, but they're not famous or they don't have any money, so ain't nobody gonna fuck with them like that. Yeah, I can't. Because, you, you know, it's attached with the price tag. People are gonna be going off. Yeah, you want the bottle or no, I'll take the box. One of the first and comments I, uh, I remember, like, oh, like, uh, I'll give you a, a leg was uh, Adam Rich. Can I get a line, please? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he got busted, though. He got busted, yeah. yeah. But then he ended up get, uh, beating it. But, uh, but think about that shit, you know what I mean? You know, man, all this sexual harassment shit, like, I'm just grateful I ain't done that. I'm like, damn, did somebody pull up something on me? I ain't done nothing. But what? Yeah, I'll give you some more But they're only pulling up on people that got paper, though. They're yeah, not. They ain't true. gonna pull up on anybody if you ain't got no notoriety, ain't got no show. But do you? Do you? Do you? All right. I mean, obviously, you know, men come on to women all the time. That's just the nature of, yeah. of the world. But do you believe that that this is like everyone is really real? It's all real, or it's all? Oh, just people it. just. No, because you know how you know it's clueless, real? Right? Because ain't nobody, all these people been accused, ain't nobody denied it. So it's real. Well, well all right, I can understand. I ain't gonna say real, nobody, but, but ain't too many people came out and said, I did not do that. Well, Who said that? I know that dude James Franco is fighting back. But he, but he's been calm about it. He's been right, calm. Right. He's been like calm, almost like since like, like Jeremy uh, Piven shit went away. They were trying to stick him with the nail yeah. him with the cross, and he and he, his shit just went away. I mean, all right, it's obvious, like I said. But but is it like is it just guys just clueless? Like women is like nah, and just dudes are just like still coming at him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know what I'm yeah. Saying? Like they got you, that caveman mentality. Yeah, I mean, like, you know what, man? They're going to get you in that corner and like, try to nah, stop. Nah, you know, you see, you, you know what's crazy, man? It's like, like, a girl will tell you right away, man. Like, mean, you would know. You have, sucks. you can't. I can't imagine. Especially that. when you have age and all that shit and experience, you know they don't fucking want your ass. Dog. I'm not a, a ladies man or whatever, dog, but I was making out with a chick when I was in high school. I was like 17, like 16 and a half. Women give you signs. And she was into it. I grabbed her titty, that bitch slapped me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that was too far, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like, this fool ain't getting, you know? Yeah, you, you ever, you ever, oh. You get Common got that new show out, uh, Chai. Yeah. So I was watching the episode last night, and there's a little. My like, homeboy on there, Byron Bowers, on Chai. Which, which one is he? He's one of the main characters. He got the beard. Go. Oh, he's the dude that, 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 Byron. Uh, that he, killed the, the kid. Yeah. Okay. Well, now he seemed cool. He seemed cool. He yeah, had a Byron's nice, he had a, a nice scene with that hot girl last night. But um, this this is little there's a little boy, and a girl like like him or something. So she, but she's big. She's bigger than him. So she came in and she, he tried to run away from her, and she knocked him down, and then um she got on top of him and she licked him on his face, and then uh, kissed her hand and ki- and put it on him and she said, uh, she said that's enough for this time. Next time, if if you're lucky or something, you can, you get some more. You know what I mean? So yeah. out of ration, step by step. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? You, like. Gradual. But see, you, you know, the, the thing is, is like, I mean, this has been going on since the beginning of time. Well, think and about it. Back in the days, I mean, I wasn't there, but they said it didn't, the caveman just club whoever he wanted to drag well, him to the spot. Right. Yeah. You said I wasn't around back then. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> right, what they yeah. say in the books, right? They didn't have the police back then to come and scoop you up. That's you know before common no law, Twitter, Roman no. law, all that shit. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. I mean. No Twitter, no Instagram. But you know, man, I just can't imagine, like. I've always 
I've never had a problem with. I just can't see like taking those measures. She says no. It's I wouldn't no, even because you I'm know signs. No, no. Everybody no. knows signs. I wouldn't even yeah. enjoy. Exactly, man. How could you enjoy sex with somebody who don't? No, know you want somebody to desire your ass. That doesn't even make sense. Yo, I can't. I can't even. I can't even get it up if if she not in there. Yeah, how could you enjoy? I'd be like, have a hard time. That's a different yeah, energy, man. <laughs> When she's not into me, it just, it just, it just don't work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, how could you enjoy that? Oh, I like eat a pie. I read that back in Roman times, like rape and shit like that. That was no. really frowned upon back in the day. Oh, dude, the Roman law. That's like, yeah. the, dude, like, fucking even before the Greeks. I mean, all that shit. Law, politics, fucking, uh. That was all frowned upon, which is crazy, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, it came to the fact that this is wrong. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. No problem. Hey, Big Dogs, what's your name? Uh, Frederick. Frederick? Man, it was yeah. so and, nice to meet and you. What's up, what's up with this little bar right here with all area right. of the airport so, of so JFK so International? JFK International, um, Terminal 7. Uh, this is the Tiki Bar. But it's supposed to be going. This actually used to be, um, Sammy Hagar's bar. Oh, Are you serious? Mosh okay. Tequila. It was a Cabo Wabo? Exactly. He, okay. And he, he was, he was supposed, I don't even have uh, like two months, but they were telling me that when he first came, he, he was here today when they opened and everything. But now this terminal is going under major renovation and this, this bar is actually going to go away and there's going to be a bar coming up in the middle. Are you going to go to that? Yeah, bar? that's oh. where I'm supposed to be heading. That's when they hired me. That's what they told me. They're like, yo, just take it easy. Don't worry. Because I open four days a week. Mm. And, and this is like the most action. Oh, are you serious? In a while. It seemed like you wanted to talk to somebody. It was like, <laughs> it's been a cold yeah, you, last you couple days. You didn't hear those girls. I think they were just playing with me, though. Because I opened up the bar, and then they came and sat there, and they were like, oh, you didn't even come over and speak to us. And then we was going to give you your number. And then I was like, what? Yeah. I was like, for real? <laughs> Hell yeah. We get a yeah, man? Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Toby. Well, that's we the, are. That's the, of the, that's the name of the, the pod. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Straight up in here in Tiki Bar. <laughs> Turning it out tonight. Right on. This morning slash. All right, Toby. Thank you, dog. Thank you, Rizzo. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, man. That's a podcast. Yo, thank you very much for listening, ladies and gentlemen. You guys are the best. Thank you very much for everybody that has left a comment on the uh, iTunes. Uh, and uh, SoundCloud kicks ass. We up to 70, man. And um, check out this tune. You guys have a wonderful week. I'll have another one out for you guys ASAP. Keep shining. Peace.
calidomina, con dramamina y vitamina C. Un histamínico, vitamínico, analgésico para el dolor, espectorantes, estimulantes, hasta un laxante me dio el doctor. Estimulantes, hasta un laxante me dio el doctor. 